Welcome to Maximal Being, a GI doc and ICU nurse that break down the science so you can exceed your gut health, nutrition and fitness goals. So, let's smash the bro science and optimizing your health with your hosts, Doc Mock and R.N. Graham. Hello, Maximal Beings. This is R.N. Graham. I'm joined today by our usual Doc Mock, Sharif Ultrafit. And a good personal friend and brother-in-law, even St. Just, a.k.a. Bob. So on today's podcast, we'll be talking about gyms in uh, the land of COVID. So let's get started. Send it over to Doc Mock. What's going on, Maximal Beings? It's Doc Mock here. Uh, I'm an advanced endoscopist. Uh, That's a fancy GI doctor. I specialize in cancer. We do a lot of uh, procedures that are non-invasive to get rid of and cure cancer, but I also specialize in gut health and nutrition. I practice out of Cleveland, Ohio, originally from New York City, and uh, I'm going to turn it over to Sharif Ultrafit. What's up, Maximal Beings? Um, my name is Sharif Ultrafit. I am a National Academy Sports Medicine um, personal trainer. I've been a trainer for about eight years now, and I'm now part of the Maximal Being team. Glad to be here with you guys. Bob? Maximal Beings, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, I don't have as much of the medical credentials as a lot of these guys on the, uh, on, the on the call already, but uh, uh, I'm Bob St. Just. I actually work in pharmaceuticals. Um, I'm in the, in, the tech, in the tech sector, but I do get, uh, I do have a pretty extensive fitness background. And because of that, I feel like I have, you know, a couple of, couple of good tidbits that I can provide for, uh, for today's podcast. So I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks a lot. Hey, over to Richard. And of course, I am Aaron Graham. I am an ICU nurse down here in the COVID capital of the world, South Florida. <laughs> so, of course, like I stated before, today's um, podcast actually is a, a little bit on the serious tip because, um, you know, a lot of us are starting to go back to the gym. A lot of us have gone back to the gym and decided they don't want to be there anymore. Um, and it's all because of everything that's going on today, you know, everything with COVID. Um, so. Like I said, you know, we're going to be up to our usual antics, but it's going to be a little bit more of a serious topic because it's a serious topic. You know, do we go back to the gyms? Do we stay home? Do we build our own home gym? You know, do we opt for, you know, one-on-one fitness training from someone like Sharif UltraFit? Um, so, you know, we're all going to kind of tell a tale about what we're doing with everything that's going on. So I'll start off by saying that. I'm not going back to the gym. I initially did go back. Um, and I just didn't like the way things were. Um, especially for me down here in South Florida with the numbers ramping up, I felt that it was in the best interest of myself and my family to stay home. Uh, we do have a decent gym here in our apartment complex, so I'm going to try to use that. And I'm going to try to get back to working out at home. So, you know, that's me on my end. What about you, uh, Doc Mock? Yeah, so uh, I belong to an amazing gym here um, in Ohio and uh, love the gym culture. It's a, it's a nurturing culture. There's nobody pushing people out of the way to get to equipment. People wipe down equipment pretty regularly. Um, I felt safe there 100%, and, and I still would going back. But for me, the gym is a place where you can kind of release a lot of those daily tensions and de-stress. Being in the medical world right now, I took care of a COVID patient yesterday and 
when you're doing that, you wear full gown, full garb. You wear this mask called an N95. I'm sure a lot of you out there are now familiar with it. But the entire day, it just feels like somebody is smushing your face. Imagine somebody smushing your face for nine hours. The last thing you want to do when you get home is have somebody smushing your face while you're trying to de-stress. And so for me, I'm not as concerned about the, the safety of the equipment or being you know, sterile. I'm more concerned about, for me, the mental release. And so you know, we are Rogue ambassadors here at Maximal Beam. We work with Rogue, and I was able to snatch up uh, a barbell set. And for me, as long as I have a barbell set, I'm happy. So we're not going back. Back to awesome. you, uh, yep. Well, oh, I personally, um, hold on, can I can I introduce you, bro? Come on, yes, man. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. <laughs> so, the local expert in our group here when it comes to gyms would probably be Sharif Ultrafit. Um, I mean, the guy's a trainer, he's in the gym every single day. I mean, for hours, he's training people. How do you feel that? you know, the, the transition is going as people are coming back into the gym and how comfortable do you feel training people inside the gym? All right. That's a loaded question. Honestly, um, as far as people coming back, I feel like it's 50, 50. Um, some people came back, some people are still hesitant and scared uh, of the environment and the cleanliness. Um, so as far as that, I would say it's about a 50, 50 split. Um, me personally, I don't train my clients in a box gym as like an LA fitness or a powerhouse due to the cleanliness and people um, abiding to the six feet apart or wiping down their equipment after. Not everybody's following that. And I'm, I'm not going to go after every person, make sure they're wiping down their equipment so I don't get COVID and, and expose my clients to all that. So as far as clients, um, I train them in a personal private gym, one-on-one, -on -one, where there's no one else. Me, personally, I need the gym, kind of like Doc Mock said. It's a stress relief for me, so I get there. Um, I try to be as careful as possible. I keep my distance. I wipe down all my equipment and my dumbbells as I touch them. Um, and after I touch them, I try not to touch my face. And I'm honestly, I don't spend as much time as I used to in there. I'm in and out in like 45 minutes, an hour max. Um, I try to avoid big populated areas and do my own thing. I'm able to do that. I don't have to go to a machine to do an exercise. I can just create my own exercise with free weights. So me personally, I try to um, be there, but very minimal. Okay. And gyms, gyms are dirty as they are, you know, even before COVID and now they're even dirty year, you know. So as Actually, much as they keep you, go ahead. I got a question for you. Are they dirtier now or were they dirtier before? Because, I mean, when I was going, these people are out there cleaning. I have never seen people clean the gym as much as I have now. But we will well, touch on, we, we're going to touch on that subject in a second because I know you got a lot to say about that, um, about how dirty gyms were before. Let's enough. get over to, um, to Bob over here. Uh, Bob. You know, you're 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 the average Joe, I guess. In this, he's he's not average by any means. People, this guy is strong as all hell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he out squats me. He out benches me. He can do more pushups than all of us probably here combined. So he's yep. not average. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen him. Um, but you know, 
you have decided that you're not going back. Why? Yep. And to echo a lot of what you guys have already said, I think, um, honestly, I, I was in the, I had the box gym thing going on, uh, box gyms or Petri dishes as it is. Um, so prior to me, even, uh, prior to COVID, I was a little bit skeevish about them in, in the first place. I actually had started doing CrossFit for some time. So CrossFit was working out great. Loved it. Loved the camaraderie. Uh, it was a different type of workout. You know, I was going to just a regular, what was it? A, uh, retro fitness in, in, in the city. So in Philly, you know, you have your five o'clock is the bro time. So everybody's trying to get on the bench and everybody's trying to like, you have the entire crowd of people trying to get on the bench at five o'clock. So, you know, moving over to CrossFit, just, I can get my workout in, uh, get done be, and have a whole, you know, full body workout. Only problem with those is CrossFit boxes are also hot boxes, you know, <laughs> and especially in the summertime, it's, um, it's sweaty, it's warm, it's gross. And now COVID. So, uh, I, you know, Luckily, luckily, I found myself fortunate enough. We just moved out of the city, moved to a place in South Jersey. I do have room now that I was able to just put together a couple of things for my own home gym. But um, actually, I, you know, just to be honest, prior to COVID, I wasn't in the mood to uh, to head back. I wasn't. I don't think I was going to be at least doing the box gym thing. Uh, possibly keep going with the uh, with the CrossFit just because, like I said, the camaraderie of it was pretty great. But um, at this at this point, not going back. Yeah, Bob, you, you touched on a really interesting point. It's why do people actually go to the gym? So, you know, we all think consciously that we're going to make ourselves better, make ourselves fitter. But Forbes magazine in, at the end of 2019, before COVID hit, did a study where they looked at people and why, asked them why they go to the gym. And the top reason was the community aspect. And technology is driving a lot of the, the way that our uh, gym and our, our exercise forum is moving. And, and allowing people to exercise at a safe distance. But what we're lacking in that environment is the community aspect, which I think a lot of the gyms did offer. So it's interesting that you say that because in general, we are social creatures. You know, we want to, you know, we want to talk to the person next to us. We want to, in fact, a lot of times work out with the person next to us. You know, a lot of the workouts that I've learned, is, you know, I've learned from working out with you, Schaefer, or working out with you, Sharif, or working out with you, Bob. And the thing about it is, when, like you said, part of the big thing about the gym is the camaraderie. So it's, it's almost counterproductive to head to the gym and just stay in your little box and not talk to somebody or, you know, not say, hey, man, you mind if I work in with you or can I get a spot? You know, you can't spot somebody and be six feet away. I mean... <laughs> And it's just it, you not know, work. You gotta have gadget arms. <laughs> <laughs> and in addition to that, Richard, I actually think that there's also, especially when you're lifting weights, I think there's a level of competition in there. Um, when you see, you know, you know, a pretty good sized guy, jack guy, or whatever the case may be, whatever your fitness goal, you see somebody who looks like your fitness goal, you want to see what they're doing so you can learn from you know those specific moves. You can go and then you can go, you know, talk to them, ask them questions, whatever the case may be, but it does give you some some goal, like, you know, visual goals of what you're trying, of what you want to be. So lacking that at home, you don't get that same sort of extra kick or motivation that, um, that you would, you know, in a, in a, in a big gym. Exactly. I, and I totally 100% agree with you on that. So Sharif Ultrafit brought, brought up a very interesting point about have gyms ever really been clean? Yeah. Oh. It, it, Right. Uh, do you want to do you want to lead us off, Sharif? 
gyms have not been clean. Obviously, I hate to break it down to you, but, you know, people sweat. And if prior to COVID, I don't think anyone really wiped down their benches, right? Um, I, I, you didn't I, see people. All right, maybe maybe two, <laughs> maybe us. Two to ten percent of people that go to honestly to box gyms, people that just go and first of all, most people go there to hang out, right? To just socialize and talk and stuff. So those people do not wipe down there. They don't take their weights back and to, to rack them up. They just leave everything where it was and move on to the next person, talk to, do a couple sets. Um, so prior to COVID, no gyms were dirty as it is. You get, you get so much staff. Um, Locker rooms, saunas, all this stuff. People don't take care of their like hygiene. They don't care because it's not their home. And I feel like if they don't care at the gym, they probably don't care at home either. So prior to COVID, no, it was horrible, and now it's even ten times as bad. Yeah, there, there, it, there are data to actually kind of impact these sentiments, and one of which is in 2014 they did a study where they cultured bacteria off of all the different gym surfaces and the different species that they found, you know, were a lot of them were non-pathogenic. They were actinobacter and firmicutes. Do you guys know where actinobacter and firmicutes live? <laughs> <laughs> At my house. <laughs> yeah, all right, Graham, you said it. I, I know where it's from. <laughs> yeah. Your gut? No, yeah. Yeah. They live in your, in your gut. gut all right. <laughs> and if they live in your gut, and they're Guess finding they're their way onto from. the bench. <laughs> okay. It's not like this. <laughs> not, not a good combination of fluids. Um, <laughs> it, it, on the other side, you know, years ago when MRSA bacteria, which is a, bact a special type of staph, staph grows on all of our skin, right? It's, it's on there right now. It's protective. It helps us prevent infection. Your skin is the number one biggest immune organ in your body. But when it mutates and develops resistance to a different types of antibiotics called methicillin-resistant staph or MRSA, um, which is present in at least 15% of the population, and, and Aaron Graham and I probably both have it uh, on our skin right now, just given the fact that we live in the healthcare environment. It's not harmful, but when it gets places outside of the skin, it is very harmful. And they cultured surfaces in gyms and found 90% of surfaces in gyms through MRSA, um, but they were only able to culture about 40%. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's strong enough to be able to grow into cultures. And then the so other the, question, oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, that was just a question. Uh, so when you say culture into something else, could you mind just explaining for the layperson? Yeah, yeah. So when you swab a surface and are looking for a bacteria, if the bacteria is strong, it will grow on a Petri dish. You're able to grow it out of those single cells that you get off of the surface. Um, but if it's not strong enough, it's not, if it's not a real particularly virulent type of bacteria that can potentially cause you harm, then it won't grow on that Petri dish necessarily. Um, so, so about 40% of surfaces have this MRSA in gins. And the next question is, do you think that foot surfaces or hand surfaces are grosser? Meaning, are weights grosser or the stuff that people are tramping their dirty shoes on? My thoughts are dirty shoes. You would be incorrect. Really? Yep. It's hands? It's definitely hands. I mean, people, need to wash hands, man. people don't wash their hands. You know, they're working out they're wiping their face, 
I mean, I've I've literally seen people in the gym digging their nose. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 funny, but it's pretty disgusting. I mean, oh yeah, you're going to. People don't really think twice when they do a lot of things. I mean, honestly, you're in a gym, you're sweating. Even if you're going to go, how often are you seeing people go over to the hand sanitizer machine and sanitizing their hands, much yet going into a bathroom and washing your hands between sets? It's not going to happen. So I'm touching this bar. I go and I touch this dumbbell. I go and do some pull-ups. Guess what? Anything that's been on my hand the last three workouts is now on everybody else's hand that has touched this. And yeah. to begin with, before I'm, – I'm sorry, uh, but I just want to finish this point. Before, people weren't cleaning the gyms like they are today. So, Yeah, medicine balls are the grossest surface. About two-thirds of medicine balls cultured in a different study were positive. CrossFit boxes – also two thirds, and then about half of um, weight sets, as well as treadmill handlebars mm-hmm. through some sort of pathogenic type of bacteria. That's a study from 2019. That okay. makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, moist environment, you're applying, you know, whatever's on your hand, whatever bacteria on your hand is now on something that is moist, it's gonna grow. It's warm, it's gonna grow. It's just a bit of a sad irony that you're going to a gym or fitness center to make yourself healthy. Meanwhile, you could possibly, you're exposing yourself to more things to make you sick. So that's scary stuff. Listen, (laughs) for all those people out there, wash your hands after, before you leave the gym, take a stop to the bathroom and wash your hands. Please. Please do. Or or just don't go to the gym. (laughs) Or just work out with Sharif Ultra Fit. That was the next I was going to go to with that. so I was talking to Doc Mock earlier, and he had some interesting uh, information about, you know, the difference between these bigger gyms and these smaller gyms. So do you want to go over that, Doc Mock? Yeah. So economically speaking, you know, the gym industry is a $97 billion a year industry, and they see growth every year. Yeah. And that's about 41,000 gyms throughout the entire world. Those numbers grow by about 5% every single year in terms of number of gyms and the number of people that serve those gyms is increasing exponentially. Uh, Forbes in that same study, you know, before COVID, they were looking at trends and they talked about technology kind of leading the way, things like the Peloton bike um, and the with the workout mirror and all of these technologic advances that are occurring. Um, They've done a follow-up study with that, with that and in the time of COVID. And what they've found is that those technologies are still leading the way. The number of memberships have obviously dropped in the income from gyms. But what is steady over time are trainers. They are the ones that are paving the pathway through the coronavirus to wellness. So, Sharif Ultrafit, what do you think about that statement? Well, I think um, obviously prior to COVID that gyms are a necessity. There's still a necessity. It's just um, you have to be very aware of it. Um, And as far as trainers, you need the trainers, whether it's virtually or on -on one-on-one, because you need an educated professional to take care of your body and guide you through the right path, as opposed to you Googling something or just following something on YouTube. 
and hurting yourself because you don't understand your body mechanisms, etc. Um, so I think trainers are absolutely is what's keeping gyms open for now. Um, although gyms are hurting during times like this because of people being hesitant to go back and loss of memberships and all that stuff. But man, it's it's a double-edged sword because you have to exercise. You got to stay healthy. You got to keep your health in shape um, in order to survive crazy times like this. And it just becomes a matter of how you approach it. And honestly, right now with the way our world is, I think virtual training and very small group training, like small studios, is the way to go. Stay out of all the big gyms. Stay out of populated areas. Um, if you're able, it's a luxury to have a one-on-one -on -one trainer, right? So if you're able to afford that, that's great. If not, you can manage to get like three or four of your buddies and do a small group trainings to cut down the cost a little bit. Or you could even go to like online training, which is even cheaper than that. And if you're able to remain disciplined and consistent on your own, it should be just as good, right? And you're not risking your health every time you work out. If you're doing it at home, you don't have to touch anybody. <laughs> exactly. You're touching your own equipment. Right. <laughs> um, but it's interesting. I wonder, have you checked those numbers um, early 2020s or these statistics were prior to COVID, correct? As prior. you mentioned. So I wonder if those numbers went down now. And if they did, how drastic. So I, I will say that um, when I did return to the gym um, for the couple of weeks that I went back, um, at the beginning, you know, I actually was going with Sharif UltraFit a couple of times. At the beginning, the gym seemed a little empty, didn't it? Yes. Um, and the gym that I go to, which I, I, I won't say the name of the gym, um, but it started to get a little packed. And now if I go, if, if I was to choose to go during peak time, there's no way you're six feet apart. There's none. And in fact, studies are showing that six feet apart might not be actually enough in the gym. They're now saying that possibly 12 to 15 feet apart would be better in the gym because with a lot of, uh, with a lot of new research coming out showing that it's a strong possibility that this is airborne in enclosed spaces, you know, Six feet is not that much, you know, 12 to 15 feet is where they want to be. Um, but there are other studies, like there was a study done in Norway, and the Norway study showed that for the most part, there wasn't that much transmission in the gym. The thing about that study that I'm interested in is how many of those people that were in that study actually had COVID in Norway versus some space that's a hotspot like here. In, in South Florida, Texas, you know, Arizona, California, these places are hotspots. We don't know how many people, you know, if there's 100 people in the gym, who's to say 50, 50 of those people don't have it? So, you know, that's part of the reason why I decided not to go back because I, there's, you don't have a letter on you saying C for COVID. And let's also face it, you know, when, when you and I, so funny story. That would be discrimination, sir. <laughs> it would be discrimination. Funny story. Um, Shreve Ultrafit and I went to the gym a couple, like about a month ago. And we're in the gym. And I'll take the L for this one. I did forget to wipe down my machine after I was done. My bad. My bad. 
But here's the funny thing about it. Where we were going to the gym, it was not required in this county. It was not required to wear a mask. So I heard a guy murmur underneath his breath. So I said, excuse me, what did you say? And he was just like, oh, you didn't wipe down the, the equipment. It, you know, it was a pandemic going on. Here's the irony behind that. He didn't have on a mask. <laughs> so I said to him, um, I don't know if you know this, but it's a respiratory illness. <laughs> Once again, was I in the wrong because I didn't wipe down the machine? Yes, I was. But all he had to say is, dude, you didn't wipe down the machine. I'd have said, my bad, let me wipe down the machine. But it's a respiratory illness. So I think if you are going to choose to go to a gym, just do what you're supposed to do. Wear a mask. Yeah, they have they have actually studied viral cultures too, whether wiping down the machine does defeat viruses. So they did a study where they wiped down stuff, checked everything for viruses, right? We were talking about bacteria before. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about viruses, totally <clears throat> different animal. And then they cultured things after they had wiped it down with the stand, standard alcohol-based wipe. And they found there was no difference in the amount or type of, bacteria, of, of viruses on those gym equipments before and after wiping down with alcohol. So, so you know what that means? Oh. That means I didn't have to wipe it down. <laughs> <laughs> so so all, these, all these bottles out there and everybody wiping down, that's pointless. Well, you know, coronavirus is not the virus that they were isolating. This was before coronavirus study. And alcohol can kill coronavirus. It doesn't kill all types of viruses. But if you want to extrapolate that data, um, you know, maybe it's not making as big of a difference as we think it is. I think it's, it has a lot to do with peace of mind, though. Something about it makes you feel a little bit better to know that. Sure. Hey, listen, they're trying. Absolutely. And also, you'd much rather get on a bench that smells like, uh, you know, pine than somebody else's sweat. <laughs> sure. So maybe, maybe I should have wiped it down. <laughs> on the topic of sweat, Sharif Ultrafit kind of hit on one of the most disgusting places that you can visit in a gym, which is where you sweat the most. A and that's sauna. sauna. That's my favorite place of the gym, believe it or not. I love sauna too. Yeah. And, um, but they are disgusting. Alaska filthy. major outbreak of like MRSA <laughs> infections and bacteria. They were able to trace it back to some of their gyms. And when they swabbed the surfaces, the sauna was teeming with it. And so I'm not saying don't be afraid of your sauna, but you need to take precautions, right? So just put something down that's clean on the surface. Don't touch the surfaces that everybody else had been sitting on or, or clean it if you're able to. Um, yeah. So in, in closing in the gym comments, um, I'm going to ask you three. if you were in the gym, owned a gym, or worked at a gym, what do you envision would help the situation in gyms? I know that there, there are certain workout studios, like uh, I've seen a couple in California, where they've actually built, built like workout pods. Um, you know, of course, that's not something that can be done at every gym, but, you know, that's an idea. What, what do you guys see as possibly something that can be done so that we can keep going to the gym and keep gyms open? Honestly, um, I think people have to be more aware of what they're doing. They need to be more respectful of other people, um, clean their equipment, 
don't exchange so much equipment. Like you said, most most studios at least now have designated stations for clients so you don't cross over and use everybody's dumbbells and kettlebells. So everybody pretty much have their own um, equipment that they use for the class. But I think it's going to take clients to realize that they need to be more careful, that they should watch out for other and not just care about themselves. You know, like if you don't care about getting sick, you're going to get somebody else contaminated and they could get their elderly mother or grandmother sick and they can die just because you're young and healthy and it's not going to affect you. That doesn't mean you're not making contact with other random people not necessarily hand-to-hand, but you touch that bench that they touch five minutes after you, that's making contact, really. So just be aware of the times we're in and um, be courteous and just treat things the way you want to be treated, really. Just just be a good human being. Don't spread the disease. We need those gyms. Yeah, I I think that... um you know, the biggest aspect, you can only do so much within the gym. Gym owners, people that work at gyms are not trained medical professionals. And so you can only do what information is being imparted to you. So I think forming camaraderie across the lines between the wellness world and the the healthcare world is, is the key to success. Both of us putting our brains together as we do here at Maximal Being, um, you know, and, and breaching those lines to come up with solutions that are based upon medical evidence, because there are a lot of mixed messages out there. I think taking those precautions, wearing a mask while you're in the gym, regardless of whether people are around you or not, you need to do that. Um, it is a respiratory illness, as RN Graham had mentioned. Um, maintaining social distance. If you can't maintain social distance in your gym, you do not need to have that gym open, and you should not. It's really reckless. Um, wiping down the surfaces can help somewhat, especially with pathogenic bacteria, maybe not as much with viruses. But the most important point that I am worried about is not what people are doing in the gym. It's what they're doing outside of the gym. And people need to take the responsibility to take care of themselves and others. And like Sharif Ultrafit mentioned, be mindful of other people outside of the gym as well, because whatever you're doing outside, you're going to bring into the gym. Bob? Well said. And I uh, I have to echo what you guys are saying with the personal personal accountability. I feel like uh, this whole pandemic wouldn't even have been as widespread if people were just more responsible for themselves and actually were a little bit more empathetic to the situation. Um, as far as the gym uh, specifically goes, um, you know, I'm, I'm not well versed in what precautions can be done, but at the same time, I would prefer to see, you know, uh, people doing, you know, temperature checks before you get in, making sure people are, are you know, uh, healthy and not feeling any symptoms of being sick. Because if we have to rely on people to be accountable for themselves, uh, we're going to be in this forever. So, you know, the gym, the, if we can, if we can move some stuff to open air, you know, whatever you can do to, you know, work out in the parking lot. If it's, a, if that's, if it's a type of gym where you could, where that could happen, move some equipment outside, move some inside, uh, spread things out as much as possible. Like, like you guys are saying, just all the obvious precautions, obvious precautions that can be taken for COVID um, can be applied inside of a gym as well. I'm going to echo the exact same things that all you guys are saying as well. Um, Starting with number one, if you are feeling sick, if you have a cough, runny nose, shortness of breath, listen, that workout can wait because 
Number one, you need to be at home resting, taking care of yourself. Number two, there is a possibility that you may have been exposed and you might be exposing other people. So that's number one. Number two, I, I also agree there should be temperature checks, even though I will be the first to tell you that these temporal thermometers, they're not always the most accurate thing. So once again, if you're feeling feverish, don't wait to the gym to get your temperature checked. Pop a thermometer in your mouth at home. If it reads a little high, stay home. Figure out a workout you can do at home if you must work out. Second, I agree with moving things outside. If possible, especially at the studios like the ones that Sharif UltraFit works at. If you can move these things outside, move them outside. You know, down here in South Florida, it's a little hot. Maybe these gyms should invest in some of these bigger fans that, you know, with the misters. Hey, listen, go check out the Rogue website. If you're a small gym, they do have those. You know, stuff like that. Anything that we can do so that we can continue working out and we can continue the commodity of working out. Um, Sharif UltraFit said something very interesting before. Listen. The, the way we can help to defeat this, um, this disease, the, this virus, is by being healthy. So we want to be able to hit the gyms or, or possibly build a home gym. It's important that we stay healthy. It's important that we stay fit. What's going on? Maximal Beings Doc Mock here. If you've been contemplating the intermittent fasting lifestyle, well, I wanted to let you in on a rising star available right now for free. The benefits of intermittent fasting include improvement in metabolic syndrome and cell recycling through autophagy, which has the potential to aid in cancer prevention and longevity. Additionally, a great side effect of fasting is losing fat. Fasting comes naturally to us as humans, getting back to our ancestral roots. It is an amazing alternative to fad diets and completely free of bro science. Though just not eating may seem easy, fasting is a lifestyle with more nuance and depth. So sophisticated, in fact, that the New England Journal of Medicine, one of the top medical journals published, a scientific review in 2019 on the subject. Adding further merit, autophagy, central to fasting, earned Dr. Oshumi a Nobel Prize in 2016. To harness the power of fasting today, we at Maximal Being recommend Fastic. Fastic is an app and online program designed to deliver you continuous intermittent fasting success. Through community support, motivation, and realistic metrics, Fastic will walk you through the fasting process and get you leaner and healthier. Just download it today for free on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. Enter your height, weight, and goals and receive a custom plan within seconds. Try it today, Maximal Beings and maximize your pathway to wellness. Do we have any listener mail? Yeah, the first question comes from Amy. She she asks the group, if you had 15 minutes and could only do one type of exercise, what would it be and why? I think I'm going to uh, give this one to Bob to start off. <laughs> if I had 15 minutes, I would do <laughs> repeat deadlifts. Um, I've, there's not, there is not a single exercise and, you know, I'm fortunate enough, like I said, to have a home gym. Um, 
but you know, you can, you can supplement, you can supplement the weight any other way you want to, but deadlifts, there's absolutely to me, nothing that hits your entire body as well as a deadlift uh, does. Um, and you just feel strong doing them. <laughs> if you need an ego boost, put some weight on there. You're <laughs> feeling good afterwards. <laughs> so that's, Love that's the one for me. I'll pass nice. it over to, uh, to, uh, RN Graham on that. What do you think? Uh, well, since you stole mine, um, <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, standing, um, standing uh, preacher or standing um, uh, shoulder press. Uh, same thing. It's, you know, it is real full body if you're doing it properly and it does hit your back shoulders um, and it does engage your, your legs as well. Um, so since you stole the obvious to me best <laughs> one, which would be deadlifts, I'm going to go with uh, standing shoulder press. Doc Mock? Yeah, I'm going to go for a compound movement. I'm going to go for a, a clean clean and jerk or, or hang clean. Um, not only does it help you with building strength, it works on your mobility, right? And you're working your full body, right? You're getting usually into a squat position to receive the bar. Um, you know, if you want to press it above your head, you're working your shoulders, you're working your core, you're working your back. And it jacks your heart rate up to that that max. So I'm, I'm going to go with that. Sharif Ultrafit, what, what are you going to do? So I guess we're, we're picking just one exercise. I, I thought it was 15 minutes. Ah. 15 minutes, one exercise. For 15 minutes and shoulder presses for 15 minutes? Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> they're animals. Um, so I guess if I have to pick one exercise, I would pick a burpee. Um, similar reasons, right? You're working your entire body, your legs, your core, your shoulders, your chest. Um, you're hitting everything. It's high intensity. You're also working on your cardio. You're elevating your heart rate. So if it was only one exercise, it would be always a burpee for me. You're hitting everything at once. And you're working oh, on pain receptors. Yes, <laughs> for sure. And it's mental, too. Like, all these are mental, for sure. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're doing them for 15 minutes. My God, burpees for 15 minutes. Yes. Sounds torturous. <laughs> All right. Um, next piece of listener mail is from Trey, and he asks, should I take digestive enzymes to improve my performance and digestion? Can you guys see my face? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to uh, say, that's a medical question. We should, you should start it off. <laughs> His face says it all right there. <laughs> Listen, he, he's the expert with this. So, yeah, what do you think? Can elaborate, please. Yeah. I think I want a bad cleanup on this one, though. So okay. <laughs> have you guys ever taken digestive enzymes or protein supplements that have them mixed in there as a part of your training regimen? Because there are a lot of products out there. No. I have eaten fiber. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, the short answer for me is I create digestive enzymes in my body. The moment I put a piece of food in my mouth, the digestive enzymes in my mouth are already working. Then they go down into my system, and I have a thing called a pancreas, which also works. Thank you. And that will release digestive enzymes, which will then continue to break down my food. So, no. I, I, I will not take that. That was a short answer. <laughs> that was that. no. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. So without knowing Trey's, uh, you know, anatomic variations, has he had a pancreatic surgery or resection? You know, this is most of what I do is this pancreas sort of work. If you've had pancreas surgery, if you have a problem with your pancreas, you should take digestive enzymes. If you do not, you should not take digestive enzymes. They will not harm you, but they will not help you and you're wasting your money. Um, your body makes a lot of enzymes, as Aaron Graham had, had discussed. You make 500 cc's, that's half a liter of saliva every day. Wow. Your stomach makes a liter and a half of stomach acid that helps to break down protein and fat. Your pancreas makes a liter and a half, and your bile ducts and liver and gallbladder, if you have one, make about two liters of bile all to break down stuff. Your body is exceptionally capable and adaptive at, at making these changes. There are people out there that, that have these products because they're fancy and they're, they're sexy and people think that their bowel movements are better or that they're absorbing more of their protein, but your intestine, which we have a long length of, is perfectly capable of absorbing all the protein that you put in your body. And in fact, most people just aren't eating enough protein is the problem. Um, I listened to a podcast recently that was so bro, I had to turn it off when I was midway through, um, where they had the, the guy that owns a supplement company that makes one of these products, and he was trying to explain to the listeners about what, why they need to take digestive enzymes as a part of their fitness regimen. Show me the literature. I pulled some, some articles. The last article I found was in 2006. It was a study of 20 patients. One, 10 of them got the enzymes, 10 of them just got protein. Guess what, the, what they found? There's no difference between the two groups. And you know why there are no studies since 2006? It doesn't work. So <laughs> just let your body do the rest. Eat real food, please. And eat real eat food. Protein. Yeah. So no, no trace. Mm -hmm. So that closes it out. Um, Another uh, podcast in the book here with Maximo Bean. So, as usual, Sharif Ultrafit, tell them where we can find you. Yes, you guys can find me on Instagram at Sharif Ultrafit, or you can find me on Facebook at Sharif Abdul Latif, and also on the Maximo Bean website. And that's Sharif, S H E R I F. Correct, like Sheriff with one F. <laughs> Find R and Graham and, I, and myself at maximalbean.com. Uh, if you want to read more on any of these topics, head to maximalbean.com/learn. If you want to purchase a custom fitness, nutrition, or gut health plan, we are here for you. We are have growing clients and are excited to talk to all of you. You can leave us a voicemail through our Speakpipe. You can send us an email at team at maximalbean.com. That's all one word. And follow us on social media. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button to this podcast. And uh, give us some comments and reach out to us. We would love to answer your questions on air. It was great talking with you guys. Thanks for having us, gentlemen. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>